fucking master! You won't survive for long out there. There's room for you in our group if you want. I don't mean to question your sense of mercy, David. She's just another mouth to feed. If we leave her out here, she'll die. Maybe that's God's will. The others want to kill you? Let me protect you. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Brickmasters podcast, a spoiler filled recap show for the hit HBO series, The Last of Us, starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. And with me, as always, throughout most of this endeavor is my wonderful co-host, media studies professor, Dr. Veronica Paredes. What's up, Doc? Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> wow. Going, Chris? wow. <laughs> I have no puns. I'm sorry, There's I'm low not energy. I'm sorry. I know that I'm it's not just not poet the appropriate Will it's Livingston. Not the, not the appropriate sorry. time for puns this episode or this week. It's like uh, not a puntastic time. You know okay. what I mean? So here I am. We're gonna talk about this. <laughs> Be cold. You yeah, got I'm your heater so- on. You I'm got sorry. some blanket. I'm sorry. I'm not a real fun guy. I'm sorry. No, that was more like, this is my entrance music. It's no statement on your introduction. It's more my introduction. I wanted to like Eeyore my way in and I didn't know how to do it sonically. So that was what I decided on. Okay. All right. (laughs) Deflated. Just like. Oh, there you go. Like a balloon deflating or something, you know? Sure. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm excited to talk to you. As always about this show, uh, it's been we're we're at the penultimate episode. Um, it's been a it's been a real pleasure, and uh, as most in most series, uh, when you get to the penultimate episode, it's uh, it's a doozy. It's a doozy, and, and I think this this was one that I was anticipating. I right. I really liked last week. Um, I thought that Bella Ramsey had uh, positioned herself with that performance as that was her, you know, award submission episode. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like she's got two. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the contrast, you know, like that last week I liked, I loved so much. And then just like when I was getting through this episode, I was like, Oh my God, these people suck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it's gonna, it's remember, remember your feelings, remember your feelings of uh, from, Episode one through eight. Mm-hmm. And when you see what happens mm-hmm. uh, in, in episode nine and you, you see all of the publications and think pieces that come out uh, Sunday night and Monday morning mm-hmm. and see how you feel. See, I want to know how you feel about that, because I know what I, I, I am anticipating a lot of sanctimony, um, but. That's what I'm yeah. anticipating. But what do I know? I'm just a guy with a microphone <laughs> in his face. He's played every version of who's played every version of the game and who has could. who has a smart woman on the other side of me, <laughs> uh keeping me honest, keeping me decent. So that is yeah. uh that's how I roll. Got it. Got All it. Right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. 
Yeah, one. I mean, before we get into this uh, episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, we we saw a couple of movies. Mm-hmm. You and I uh, both did uh, that. The movie that the show referenced. I happen to I take my daily visit to Letterboxd, and I saw that you watched Inner Space a couple of weeks ago. That was yeah. Um, uh, Ellie had a poster of it on her wall in in the yeah. QZ. You mentioned you- it, and it was so in, such an interesting poster. And when you described what it was about, I was like, oh, I really want to watch that because I, I, you know, that the conceit of like the miniaturized version and the travel through the body that stuff's fascinating. And I think that maybe inner space was like in my back of my head growing up, you know, mm. um, and I just never knew it. Um, and I've also, I don't know, grown an appreciation for Martin Short that I didn't have earlier on in life. Um, okay. So he, it's it's Martin Short, Dennis Quaid, and Meg Ryan. I guess Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan fell in love on the set, or you know they're married after this movie. Maybe it's from eighty seven. Um, yeah, it's like a, it's a comedy, uh, science fiction comedy that was pretty fun. Uh, I don't, you know, that's not something that's referenced in the video game. Is that right? No, it's not. Not at all. No. Hmm. So it's an interesting intertext to bring in for the show. Um, yeah, it's it's like very different kind of uh, approach to science than uh, The Last of Us. Uh, but it was quite fun. What, what, and Goodbye Girl was screened in the episode prior, right? Yes. To the one last week. In Ken. They were, all the kids yeah. were watching it. Um while they were hanging out in the multi-purpose room. Had you seen it before? No, I have not. I had not seen it before. Uh, I, I just, I think it was last Sunday. I watched it right. Actually right before, um, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday prior to uh, Mm -hmm. the left behind episode. I just said, let me just watch this. So Mm -hmm. I rented it and uh, I liked it. It, It's definitely dated uh, stylistically, Mm -hmm. but, Dustin, I mean, uh, oh my God, oh my God, Dreyfus, Dreyfus, Dreyfus won the Oscar for that role. Oh gosh, and, and I, I was like, wow, that. okay, yeah. And uh, Quinn Cummings was an adorable kid. Hmm. Um, she was good. I think that relationship with with the him and the child were it was very like I could see a little bit of Joel and Ellie, but it's just kind of like a a nice little um relationship that they had is a, yeah. a cute rom-com uh, i think that was the first bit uh, rom-com to make a lot of money i, I talked about it uh a couple of weeks ago when when rod was on hmm. um but it was it was it was solid i liked it yeah i was thinking about it hearing you talk um the relationship in inner space martin short is like the host body to dennis mm-hmm. quaid who's been shrunk down and is injected into him. And so he's like in a miniaturized little uh, space. Uh, well, yeah, shuttle, basically. Uh, and so that they're kind of, you know, he's the voice within Martin Short's head and consciousness. And so that kind of relationship that they have of like uh, Dennis Quaid's character driving Martin Short's character is kind of the Ellie Joel kind of the player playing ellie playing joel kind of relationship too that i hadn't thought about before when you were Mm -hmm. talking about relationships in the goodbye girl yeah 
there's a guitar in in the in the uh goodbye girl that kind of comes into play towards the well it comes in the it's in there but we don't really get much of the guitar in part one of the last of us anyway it's it, it's a main feature in part two right um right so um and then also some other news it it got revealed re-revealed again uh that mahershala ali was being considered two-time academy award winner mahershala ali was being considered for uh joel in the last of us and people were hitting me up about this and i said yeah i not to sound like a douche but i knew that because before they actually announced that pedro pascal would be playing joel mahershala ali was the first person that that had that they said was in consideration and I, I, to that, I've said it on this show. I said, Joel should be white or white passing. Um, or white presenting. Yeah. White presenting. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, it'd be interesting. But I, part of me felt like they didn't have the balls to do that. Yeah. So this no, I think was, that's right. So this was, um, I, I love Pedro in this. And uh, I, I, I thought it was a little more subversive then i just thought it was subversive to put him in that role and then to cast um uh what's my man's name oh my god gabriel gabriel luna, luna. Yeah, to cast gabriel luna and uh then for sarah to be black yeah you know biracial you know uh the way that they cast maria rutina wesley so i thought that was i thought that was cool i liked it i i, I like it you know for the series um but i don't i don't know how mahershala ali is a great actor he could do yeah. the role yeah without question he could do the role but um i i just i don't know i don't know if it's gonna if it would track with other people especially these you know, gamers that are games that are gamers so that stringent be, about like strict about everything about being yeah. racist and all that so right, this is right, this right. is uh I'll just read this blurb that you sent me from Shadow and Act. Um in a recent interview with the direct Jeffrey Pierce who guest starred on the show and starred in the game, he played the he played uh in motion cap Tommy. He played Perry on the show. He said uh and starting in the game said that Ali was nearly the lead role in the show before casting went with Pedro Pascal. This is Jeffrey Pierce. I think Initially, they had talked to Mahershala Ali about playing Joel, which is an obvious cue that I'm not going to play Tommy. Pierce, who voiced Tommy in the original game, said, and when they cast Pedro, I knew like, yeah, that was certainly not going to happen regardless. I'm older than Pedro Pascal, so I was not under harboring any illusions about that for sure. And uh, he says, Pierce's revelation lines up with a report back in 2021 that said Ali was up for the role. Uh, all might have missed out on The Last of Us. Ali might have missed out on The Last of Us, but Ali is set to start another franchise as Blade from Marvel Studios. And Black fans <laughs> have had a lot of representation in the form of Rutina Wesley, Storm Reed, and Nico Parker. Parker recently opened up to Yahoo Entertainment about the racism she's received for playing Sarah, Pascal's on-screen daughter. On-screen daughter. I did not know this. 
I'm going to read this. There are people for whom the game is incredibly important to them, she said. But when it comes from a place where it's just a disdain toward any kind of inclusivity, that's where I don't care. I don't value that opinion, and I don't agree. Good for you. Reed also talked about the homophobia she's witnessed after the episode long, long time. No. What the fuck? Oh, oh, I see what she's, I see what they're doing. Featuring the romance of Bill, Nick Offerman, and Frank Murray Bartlett. Like Bella said when episode three came out, if you don't like it, don't watch. She told Entertainment Weekly, we are telling important stories. We're telling stories of people's experiences, and that's what I live for. That's what makes good storytelling, because we are telling stories of people who are taking up space in the world. All right. I like that. That's good. See, it was a good article. It was. Um, good job, yeah. Shadow and Act. They screwed up the quote from what's his face, Jeff Pierce. Oh. Uh, wait, wait. So it's not harboring. Oh, it's not harboring, harboring any illusions about that. Um, I might have misread. No, that's actually what it says. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, that's not, they didn't screw that up at all. The oh. direct article says that too. So I was not under harboring any illusions about that. That doesn't make sense. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that, you know, Pierce is quoted as saying that because, okay, well, why why wouldn't it be possible for him to be Mahershala Ali's brother, right? Yeah. And why is it only possible for him to be Pedro Pascal's brother if he's younger right because that's how that's people the, think yeah that's not the only issue right that the only right. issue is the age thing not the race thing because mm-hmm. you know the white presenting joel is white if pedro pascal so there's a lot of things embedded in there that yep. pierce uses but um yeah um i don't know i think this show has done a lot for pascal's career you yeah. know people are i, I keep on worrying about <laughs> is he going to do something to screw it up and people are going to be all pissed at Pedro Pascal is something going to happen what do you mean I, like I don't mean? know it's just my paranoid thoughts but he's experiencing a lot of appreciation and a lot of like lift in his career right now it would have been interesting to see what that would have done for Ali's career you know what that would have been like for him I mean, um, Ali's like a two-time Oscar winner. He doesn't, I think that he's already he's already he doesn't need it in the no. ways that it's heightened Pascal's uh, career. But yeah. I don't know how does that even translate. I mean, there's like a lot of enthusiasm for Pedro Pascal and like he's online. having a moment. It's, it's yeah, he's having like, a moment. He's been putting in the work, and I I went back and and started watching. I'm on season two of Narcos. He's fantastic. Mandalorian, he's good. I mean, it's every almost every Star Wars thing is a damn near an escort mission. And I mean, that's what The Last of Us is, too. But you could at least see his face in The Last of Us. Right. Um, and then as a the, the nostalgia factor for a lot of people my age, our age and younger and slightly younger. Oh, no, our age and older dig that stuff, you know, and I'm sure kids mm-hmm. love, you know, Grogu and all that, you know. Um, he's just, it's just his time right now. Yeah. It's a moment. You're and right. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, you're lucky as an actor to get that. Yeah. Let alone yeah. be, be working, let alone people love your work. And a lot of people have eyes on, it. he seems like an even killed guy. I read about him, um, at least from what Wikipedia, uh, said it wasn't really that easy for him. And, uh, he's just kind of, he just seems to be, uh, a super likable dude. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And he's uh it's his 
persona is interesting because he does he is kind of like um yeah we talk about it in this episode too but he like specifically it's joel doesn't hew very closely to like his persona in some ways you know no. um in that he's goofy like the yeah. idea is like, he's also like an ally which kind of right. comes up because his, his sister i think yes um is is trans and then you know i think that um yeah, he's just kind of a, a goofy guy that says things that are uh, uh, kind of authentic or unpolished on like the red carpet and kind of jokes around. And mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see kind of like, I guess, a, not as outrageous as say like a Jennifer Lawrence persona, but like teetering on like really? that kind of, I don't know. Yeah, like saying things and not being quite outrageous in those ways. I don't know much about J-Lo. J- J-Lo? J-Law. J-Law. <laughs> With J-Law, it's almost like, I'm from the country, and I'm oh, okay. a woman, and I'm like... Uh, a white woman? A guy's a guy's, a guy's girl. girl. Or something, you know, oh, that kind of okay. person. So there's the gender aspect of it, too. Yeah. But I think that there's... And I like her. Yeah. I think she's great. And I think yeah. she's... When she eventually... She's gotten a lot of opportunities playing above her age and i think Hmm. i thought she was great in causeway but i think once she kind of settles into she's just played older roles it's almost like what people do in theater she's gotten to do that in movies Hmm. and uh it'll be interesting it's interesting to watch her play these roles that are like her age you know like Hmm. she's playing age i know i don't want to say age appropriate that's not the right that doesn't Age aligned, age aligned, aligned. with it her actual age. What is it like? It doesn't connote the right thing when I say like she's playing age appropriate roles now. It's just like she's playing yeah. like her, her age. Yeah, yeah, characters that are her age. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen Causeway yet. I'm going to watch it. I just wanted to mention, and we can get into the episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you ever use the fitness the the Apple? I don't know. We did like I think you were using news Apple News for a little while, right? I was thinking about using Apple News. I haven't used it. I got to get an Apple Watch, I guess, for that. Okay. Once okay. I start, when I go back to the gym, I'm going to do that. I've got, I just have been riding my bike and stuff, but I think I need, because with having a job in the, in the, like a, a, a stay at home job, it's, I got to move around. Yeah. So There's this, um, this like fitness plus app or whatever. And they have like these hours, walk hour of walking thing on like okay. the apple watch where you like walk with a celebrity <laughs> oh it's pretty weird uh-huh. and i've listened to the um jason siegel one and i listened to the brian tyree henry one okay it was really good um so anybody who has that oh. brian, i would recommend the brian tyree henry walk he's another um, dude that i like a lot yeah yeah okay let's do it all right let's get into this episode episode eight when We Are In Need, directed by Ali Abbasi and written by Craig Mazin. All right. So we're opening on a snowy village resort town. There's a shot of Todd Steakhouse, just like the game. There's somebody reading Revelations 21. It's David, played by Scott Shepard. And he's reading the scripture to his people until a girl starts crying. And there's a sign behind him in the, in one of the shots that says, when we are in need, he shall provide. 
He says, I've read this passage too many times. Do you remember what comes next? He says this to the girl whose name is Hannah. We later find out. He continues to continues the scripture and asks her if she knows what that means. The girl nods and asks, when can we bury him? Uh, David says, the ground is too cold to dig. We'll bury your father in the, in the spring. It's probably, and I said to myself, it's probably the guy Joe killed at the college. I was right. <laughs> then we, yes. I, I'm going to read Revelations 21. I'm going to read the King James version. Um, I'll just read it. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there is no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. That's essentially what he was reading to his people, reading the scripture, an opiate of the masses, if you will. All right, Chris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so basically, uh, he, you know, he read that to them. And uh, where did I go? So, okay, we cut to outside. There's a man named uh, James, who we found out his name is James, played by the great Troy Baker, who was the original voice of Joel. He, he did Joel's voice, and he motion capped him as well for both video games. Very talented dude. So uh, James, he asked James, how much do we have left? James says, venison, elk, rabbit. And he says, keep the whole town on rations, maybe a week. He'll keep the keep two at best. Josiah and Martin maybe saw a deer the other night, but it was dark. You see what you want to see sometimes. And then he starts to walk away. David says, James, I sense doubt in there. James says, they haven't lost faith. They're just scared. I'm not talking about them, David says. James says, I still believe. The last six months have been hard. David says, but I need to know that you're with me. James says, yeah. Good, David says. Now go get our guns. We're going hunting. Your thoughts on this uh, portion, this first part of the, the show? Yeah, I didn't know that that I didn't put those together like you did, Chris. What's that? Put what together? <laughs> the um the connection to the Kin episode six, um, oh. and how those were the folks that they met, um, that Joel and Ellie met before. Um, yeah, it seems like a depressing place. I wouldn't want to be there. Uh, yeah. this guy, this relationship. Um, James seems subservient to David. Um, I was thinking immediately, like, couldn't they gotten couldn't they have gotten a more charismatic cult leader? But I see <laughs> throughout the episode that he's performing what he needs to perform. Yeah. And especially the performance from Scott Shepard is really good. Um, yeah, it's just looking bleak, man. All the kind of color and uh, neon and beauty of the last episode to just mm -hmm. like blanching, just like bleaching all of that life 
yeah. into this hall. Um, is it just is like, it, and it's interesting that it used to be a resort, and now it's like mm. completely not, and it's a hard winter, and all these things. Um, looking back on it, the extras <laughs> they're not as bad looking as I, I remember. <laughs> they don't look hungry, <laughs> but they do. But they're not like terrible looking people. It's just that they look really desperate. Like there is a real desperation in the air. Yeah. And um, I think it's effectively communicated in this scene. Yeah. Yeah. Then. Yeah. You in the game, you don't really you don't see any of these people. You really just you just see David and James and then the henchmen that are after you. So what they're doing, they're world building and they they want to show you everybody everybody sighed for some fucking reason yeah. and um it's all gonna come into play next week it's <laughs> for all some gonna, reason yeah for some why. reason they're trying to show why. all these sides the okay. dynamism of humanity uh, all right <laughs> okay so we cut to ellie back at the house the safe house uh tending to joel she gives him some water she eats some of that bark that uh those what, what do you call those things like the the um I mean, it's just jerky, right? It's just jerky. dry meat. Yeah. It looks like, yeah, jerky. She looks over at Joel's rifle and tells him that she's going to be right back. And then we cut to her leaving the house with the rifle. And she makes her way out into the woods. She's looking for food. She spots a white rabbit Easter egg. She tries to chase it and she falls headfirst into the snow. And she's just like disappointed in herself. And then she just trudges ahead and she hears something. It's a deer. She drops down on her belly, aims a rifle at it. She takes a breath like Joel taught her, and she shoots it. She hits it. It's not a kill shot. The deer runs away. And then we cut to David. I like that cut that they made. Like, they just kind of show, like, a an elevated uh, drone shot of the, the, the forest to show you how vast everything is. Cut to David and James standing over this dead deer. And they're wondering, should they take it because nobody's around? And then they start to pick it up. And we hear Ellie with mad bass in her voice say, don't drop your rifles now. They do turn and face me slow. Any sudden moves. And I put one right between your eyes. Ditto for buddy boy. (laughs) (laughs) She says, turn around and walk away. Turn around. And and David says, okay. Ellie says, just go. David tries to reason with her. Asks her for 10 seconds of her time. Just like one of those Bible thumpers. He tells her his name. He tells her his name and James's name. He says, we're from a larger group, men, women, and children, and we're all very hungry. Ellie says, I'm from a large group too. Also hungry. David says, even so, you can't drag this alone. Talking about the deer. We'll trade you with some something for the deer. We have boots. And Ellie says, medicine? <laughs> like for infections? <laughs> and David says, we do. Back at our village, you can follow us. Ellie says, no, buddy boy can get it. He comes back and you. he comes back. You get half the deer. Anyone else shows up, I'll. David cuts her off and says, put one right between my eyes. Ellie says, that's right. And then to James, he says, go talk to Howard. He's got a case with some penicillin. Bring back two bottles and a syringe. James is looking at him like, what the fuck, man? Really? And David's like, it's not code, James. Do as I said. James makes his way back to the village. Ellie says to David, 10 steps back. And, and uh, David says, is that your dad's gun? Is he the one sick? Is that why you're out here on your own? 
Ellie walks up to the deer and unloads uh, David and James's rifles. Dave says, it's it's a four-mile round trip back to our settlement. It's going to be a while before James gets back. I have some oil and matches in my pack. We could take shelter and start a fire. Bring them with me. And Ellie says, bring the deer with us. Cut to them taking shelter with a fire. Uh, David says, do you know, you know, you really shouldn't be out here on your own. And Ellie says, from where I'm sitting, you shouldn't be out here on your, on your own. David says, fair enough. And he says, what's your name? Ellie says, nothing. It's, it's hard to trust strangers. I know, but honestly, I mean, no harm. And for what it's worth, you can join our group. And Ellie says, you invited me to your hunger club. <laughs> Dave, thanks. David says, it's, tr- it's true. We're hungry, but we're still here. I'm a decent man. No, you're not. Just trying to take care of the people who rely on me. Ellie says, you're their leader. And uh, David said, it wasn't my choice. It was theirs. But yes, they chose They chose to follow you. Is this some weird cult thing? David says, uh, well, you kind of sort of got me there. I am a preacher, but just pretty standard Bible stuff. Ellie says, the whole world, the whole world ended and you still believe that shit? David says, I actually started believing after the world ended. Before I was a teacher, math, taught kids about your age. Oh, boy. Sally says, so you went from teacher to preacher because what? It fucking rhymes. David says, yeah, exactly. But Ellie says, but seriously, David says he found God after the apocalypse, which is either the best time or the worst time to find him. It's just hard to say. But when the Pittsburgh QZ fell, Fireflies and Fedra, I left with a few others. That's how I ended up with our flock. Um, Ellie says, long way from Pittsburgh. David said, we'd settle somewhere and then raiders would come and they so they'd move again. And as they wandered, they picked up new people along the way until they ended up here. Ellie says, well, your luck had to run out sooner or later. David says, luck? There's no such thing as luck. Everything happens for a reason. Ellie gives him a smug look and doesn't believe him. David says, it does. Let me show you. We didn't expect this winter to be so cruel. Nothing will grow. Game's been hard to find. So he's, so I sent four people to a nearby town to scavenge for food, and only three of them came back. And he was a father who had a daughter just like Ellie and, and just like you and your dad was, was and that her dad was taken from her. Ah, shit, I'm fucking up. I'm, turns out I'm doing dialogue and fucking uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> recapping. Turns out, <laughs> turns out this guy was murdered by this crazy man. And get this. That crazy man was traveling, traveling with the girl. You see, everything happens for a reason. And he says, James, lower your lower the gun. James creeped up behind her. He was creeping on a come up from behind. James said, James says, she's the one who killed Alec, isn't she? David said, she didn't kill anybody. Lower the gun. James lowers his gun. David says, did you did you bring her the medicine? Yeah. And then but yeah, but. David says, throw it to her. James reluctantly throws it down, throws down the meds. Ellie cautiously picks it up. David tells her he knows that she's not with the group. David David tells her he knows she's not with the group and that she won't survive for long out there and that he can protect her. Ellie just runs away. Mm -hmm. And then James is like, so you're just going to let her get away? Um, Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this whole sequence is part of, you know, a mini, a microcosm of uh, the larger thing about pacing. And yeah. the sequence kind of shows it, that 
that cut that you're describing from like uh, Ellie shooting the deer and then the deer taking off and we're not certain that she's going to catch the deer. And then you got this like the shot that you talked about, the aerial shot of the forest. And then quickly you're just into these new characters and their their storylines are meeting, converging quick, quick, quick. And then um, I didn't get it that they were like the people from before until he said crazy man. And this turn that happens, you know, there's hints with David, like, I'm a decent man. I don't think I've ever heard you say that, Chris. I'm a decent man. If anybody's going to say, if I'm a a decent person, I'm a decent woman. If they say that, then there's not a racist bone in my body. That You hear that. It's like, oh, you're saying the opposite. We were talking about, yeah, we were talking about comedians (laughs) before. Maria Bamford had a joke about dating. And she said one time a guy said, what i'm not gonna hit i'm never gonna hit you and then she said that guy's probably gonna hit you that guy's probably gonna hit, hit me i don't know if, i forget i think it's on unwanted red, thought syndrome red flag factory or something I, or is that maybe, something different I maybe i don't flag. know but it was a great um, bit but um yeah yeah it go, go on continue oh no just in then that moment when you see him turn and like oh he's he's kind of lured her we haven't seen anybody like really capture ellie's attention this way you know and she's kind of okay so on the podcast neil and craig were talking about that like how he's luring her in i don't i didn't feel that way no i just felt like she's 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 on guard she didn't tell him her name no yeah she didn't like she's like oh you you want me to join your little hunger club Right, right. Now, she's still doing her Ellie thing, but that moment where he says, let me tell you how fate or how luck doesn't exist and how everything happens for a reason. And she does, she is disarmed by that for a moment, you know, like, okay, well, tell me the story then, tell me. I don't know if it resonates or if it suits her or makes sense, but I I think think the way that they wrote it, it is there. Okay. Like, she's thinking, convince me. Okay, go ahead. Convince me. I didn't feel that. Like, I know the creator said it, but I just didn't feel, I feel like as an acting choice, it's always good to consider to give the, to give the thought, like, even if you're not supposed to agree and it's, it's like Mary J. Blige does this really well on, uh, on power on raising, Hmm. uh, what is it? Fucking book two ghost or whatever. Just like the fact that she's just like, Oh, I'm really listening to you. You could tell she's listening. Because part of mm-hmm. acting, most the biggest thing to do as an actor is to listen. And I just thought that's what Bella Ramsey was doing. I didn't think she was sucking it by this motherfucker for one. And in the game, in the game, James leaves to go. So in the game, it starts off after Joel is impaled. You're you're taking him to safety. Then it skips to the winter time. The game it's, I think there's a transition to where it's the winter and mm-hmm. uh, Ellie is hunting. You see this adorable bunny rabbit on the screen. And then a couple seconds later, an arrow goes through it and kills it. And then you go back. You, the, the next shot is Ellie, you know, uh, recoiling, oh, yeah. you know, from mm-hmm. her, you know, we're bow and arrow. And it's like, and you're like, holy shit. I'm Ellie now. Right. Like that's right. the big transition from the game. Cause you're, you're not told that you're for the, the marketing for the game has been like, you're Joel, you're this fucking guy. 
and you're right, right. killing zombies. Impossible and white guy. Yeah. Impossible white man. And you're this guy. All of a sudden, you're this 14 year old, 15 year old girl in the middle of the wilderness in the wintertime. You see this deer and you got to kill it. And you're chasing this deer for a minute until you come mm -hmm. up on this this settlement this resort yeah. then you do meet david and you do have that exchange james goes to get the um the supplies then you're then you're uh swamped attacked by this horde of infected right and david helps you kill kill the infected right and then, and then you, you kind of got that way yeah, you bond. They bond that way. I don't think Ellie ever had that bond with him. No, said, but she was distracted in this in the series because, yeah. you know, James gets the jump on her. He, mm -hmm. she, he's there and she didn't realize it. Right. You know, that, so that that's I already, agree with. she's distracted enough by the story to not notice that she's in danger. I was thinking like lulled on like he was like, I thought you meant like he was she he was affecting her as far as like, oh, I'm going to join your cult. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't okay. think that she's convinced, but she is curious. Yeah. She is curious. I felt, I felt like Neil and, and Craig were like, oh, he's got her. Oh, I'm not sure. I think he's trying. He's definitely oh, oh, already oh, from he, this point trying. grooming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but at that point, he also knows like where she would put her defenses up and how to kind of he he's very masterful and manipulating. Yeah. Um, so he knows how to like distract her for a moment. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, like if it had been otherwise, she would have been dead. You know, like yeah. James could have killed her um, for that. Like, and that's the thing about this world, right? Any slight mess up or, mm -hmm. you know, distraction could cost you your life. Um, so I wanted to talk about this real quick. Now, when I watched this, I watched this interview that Bella Ramsey did um, for like Entertainment Tonight. And it was post this episode. And I thought that what she was doing, like, was putting bass in her voice. Like, hey, y'all, hey, I got the, hey, stop. Right, Move back. right, right. It wasn't. That wasn't really a, that was just her saying that it was really cold and I talked like that. But <laughs> it worked, like, a, as yeah. a, it worked as a choice to be like, my voice is like this and I'm, I'm scared, I'm nervous. Definitely. Y'all got medicine? And the way yeah. that her voice, like, the way that yeah, for like switched. people that's you know like i love that shift yeah. and i thought that was i thought that was fucking great because you know she's yeah. not ready and but on a podcast like troy baker said she's not holding that gun right no no i mean it's, she, it's obvious that she can't it's heavy um, yeah she can't maneuver it the way it's meant to be maneuvered right um and you know what's really interesting is like how much of a collaborator or you know yeah, uh, uh, influence the weather is because yeah, they everyone looks so ugly and gross because mm -hmm. they're so pink. I mean, some of the makeup is there, you know, yeah. to make to accentuate that and amplify that. But their noses are red, their ears <laughs> yeah. are red. I was thinking, you know, when I saw them, it's like, why are you wearing a scarf and all that, the hat? But you know, I think it is really cold in Calgary. Like they are in actually yeah. very cold conditions. Minus and 17. She said, I don't love making actors suffer for the sake of art, but it does work in the way that you're describing. And then also just like the desperation in their faces. Um, since, yeah. since we have no needle drops in this, just a beautiful score. Uh, you, you said their lips were red. St. Vincent has a song called your lips are red. 
uh, on her off her first album called <laughs> "Marry Me," two thousand seven. <laughs> From her debut this album, this has been Saint Vincent Mary. Corner. Yeah, um, right. There we go. All right, okay. so we uh, cut back at the safe house. Ellie's got the meds and she's tending to Joel's wounds. She doesn't know where to inject the meds, so she sticks it in the wound and covers them back up and lays down beside him. Then we cut back to David's compound. A woman says to someone, there's only five left. Somebody comes in with a small tub of entrails. She says, what is it? And he's like, venison. The lady puts it in the pot and starts cooking it. They start serving it on some olive. That's like her husband, right? That's I guess maybe or something. That's I don't know. Anyway, yeah. They start serving it over some on some like Oliver Twist shit. David and James come back with a deer. Nobody seems to be enthused. And David says, "If you hear a rumor, yes, we found a girl who was with the man who took Alec from us. When the sun rises, I'll lead a group out to pick her, pick up her trail. Won't be too hard to find in the snow." We'll follow it to wherever they're hiding and we'll bring that man to justice. The girl who the girl who was crying at the beginning of the episode says, you should kill him. You should kill both of them. David casually walks over to her, to the girl. He takes off his glove and backhand slaps the shit out of her. And I can't wait until her Netflix special comes out for her response. Uh, then uh, she instantly falls to the floor he kneels down. The mother gets up. Her mother gets up and he tells her to like, he motions for her to his, her, her mother to sit down mm-hmm. and he offers her his hand and says, I know you don't think you have a father anymore, but the truth is, Hannah, you will always have a father and you will show him respect when he's speaking. Hannah's mother walks away and brings him back a plate. Damn. And he's got more food than anyone else, it seems. Like he does. He's got a big ass plate. That's yeah. like the Eddie Murphy joke. The, the dad, all the dad. Is it is it Eddie Murphy or Chris Rock? The mm. big piece of chicken. The dad always right. is the big, big piece, piece of chicken. chicken. Yeah. Um. Damn. He, then then he says Grace, and uh, now I just said this is my commentary. Now we're one hundred percent certain that he's a piece of shit. If you right. have not se- played the game, you are. You know he's. A piece of shit. Now I want to look up that big piece of chicken joke. Is that rock or I think that's Chris Rock. Big. Piece. I would just say that this food looks disgusting. And <laughs> they proceed to eat. Yeah. And clamor down. On it is Chris food, Rock. And it is nauseating. Chris Rock. Yeah, that Chris is his rock. bit. The great Chris Rock. Who act like he he's not the selectively one of the outraged, not the, outrageous, not one of the greatest comedians who ever lived. But okay, whatever. Anyway, back to this podcast that's not about uh, Chris Rock. All right, but so, isn't it about Chris Rock? Never mind. Sorry. No. Uh, so they're eating, and then like this, the the like sounds of like the they are really chowing sp- down that, on that, that. That those spoons. That is like oh, I know, the, yeah. I know what this is. I know what this is. This is some nasty cannibalism. (laughs) (laughs) This is some nasty cannibalism, you guys. This is horrible. And then James is like eating it like he eats a piece and he's like, he'll close his nose. He's like, hardly even just swallow it. Don't even chew on it. just looks uncomfortable the whole time. Well, because he knows it's human. Yeah. Yeah. But he just, I mean, he just looks like, how did I get here? You know, you like, 
Do you like how they connected to Christianity and so too with the grace and then you know Christ, the living bread? And you're like, oh come on. Well, that's what. What are you saying about Catholics? What are you saying? What am I saying? I was a Catholic <laughs> from. Uh, no, what, am, what are they saying? Oh. No, I know, I know, but you know, my drink, eat from me or whatever, drink from my blood. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um. All right. So we cut back to the soon to be not so safe house. Ellie's still watching over Joel. She shoots him up with that penicillin again. She goes outside. She takes some snow. And gives it to Callus, the horse. She looks up and sees what are those vultures or crows or some types of birds like squawking and stuff. What are what would you say those were? Oh, I'd have to take a look. I didn't think they were vultures. Some kind of birds. Maybe, maybe they'd be crows. Crows. Wintertime yeah. birds. Calling. Yeah, they do say calling. They're calling out. Yeah. She runs to a fence and then she sees David and his men looking for her and Joel. It's about Five of oh, them yeah. all together. That's the only Five reason I read them is that there's like danger coming. Animals yeah. are signaling there's commotion happening. Yeah. And David says, stay alert. If this man's not already dead, he's dangerous. He's right about that. James says, what about the girl? Um, David says, we'll bring her back with us. James is not pleased by that. He says, I don't mean to qu- question your sense of mercy, David. We can let her go. But you bring that girl back with us. She's just another mouth to feed. David says, if we leave her out here, she'll die. James says, maybe that's God's will. David stops. David stops and turns around and just looks at James like when your, mother, when your mother wants to hit you, but she can't because you're out in public. So she, she doesn't. Um, and that's what he looked like. Ellie runs back into the not-so-safe house and tells Joel to wake up. Joel wakes up and Ellie gives him a knife. She tells him that there are men coming and she's going to lead them away from him. But if anyone makes it down here, you fucking kill them. Foreshadowing. She tells him not to fall asleep, and she moves a cabinet to block the entrance where Joel is uh, in the basement. Uh, She hops on Callus and rides out to distract David and his men. She sees him and says, hey, motherfuckers, and takes a shot at them. They start chasing her, and David yells, alive! James, uh, is hiding behind a tree and he shoots and kills Callus, throwing Ellie off the horse. Ellie's captured. They're about to kill her until David fires off a shot in the air. Ellie's passed out. He picks her up and says to his men, two of you with me, drag the horse. The rest of you stay here. Go door to door. You're so hungry for vengeance. Deliver it. Then we cut to his men searching the neighborhood. One of the men goes into a house, which looks like the not-so-safe house where Joel and Ellie were. Cut to Joel in the basement. He hears the guy. The dude is moving the china cabinet or the cabinet away from the door, heads downstairs with his rifle drawn. He sees the bed where Joel was laying. And then Joel comes from behind and stabs him in the neck and strangles him. It obviously takes a lot out of Joel. And then he gets up. And then we... We'll keep going. Cut to Ellie at David's village. She's locked in a cage. David thought she wasn't going to wake up. Ellie says, why am I locked in a cage? He tells her she's a very dangerous person and that the others want to kill her, but he stopped them. Ellie says, fuck you. And David says, why don't we just start with your name? Ellie says, eat shit. David offers to help her, but because she can't survive on her own. 
Ellie says, I'm not on my own. David says that she needs to start trusting him because her time with her friend is ending. And if she can't learn to trust him, then she will be alone. And he leaves. Okay, so we cut back to the burbs. Uh, another bearded dude, a bearded white man, uh, is creeping around looking for Joel. He's looking for Timothy. Joel sneaks up on him and hits him in the head with the butt of his rifle. There's a short blackout. This guy wakes up tied up and restrained uh, and to see Joel beating the shit out of, I believe, Timothy, who's taped to a chair. He pulls out a knife and stabs him in the knee. He tells him, he tells her, he tells him that he doesn't know about a girl. Joel hits him again and tells him to focus on focus or he'll pop his kneecap off. He tells him that she's alive and she's in town. Joel's like, what town? Joel asks, Silver Lake. He pulls out a map. Uh, it's, it's not a real town. It's a resort. And he puts the knife in his mouth. Joel puts the knife in his mouth and tells him, point to where the resort is with the knife. And it better be the exact same spot where your buddy points to. He does it. And Joel kills the dude. The other guy that's tied up says, why did you do that? He told you what you wanted. And then he's all, you motherfucker, fuck you. And, and he says, I ain't telling you shit. Joel picks up a pipe and says, it's okay. I believe him. And he proceeds to smash him. He smashes him uh, in the head with a pipe. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we're going to do a season two recap, but uh, just remember this. Remember this scene. Remember this scene. If you're, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, and you decide, I like this show. I like this podcast. I'm going to play the game. This is a very pivotal moment in the game. And it comes to happen in uh, another time in, in part two. And it's something that um, doesn't work out for a certain character in the way that that person thought in hmm. um, The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. And it doesn't go this way. It doesn't go this way. Your thoughts on this, uh, this, these uh, few scenes, Veronica? Yeah. Um, well, it's a little. Okay. Joel has regained his strength enough to murder three men. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. I think the scene where, you know, between uh Ellie and David, um, that whole sequence will come the, the scene right after that's coming up. Those are really well written and interesting and really well performed, I thought. Um these henchmen, I mean, you know, they have some pretty good deaths. Like the first yeah. guy dies pretty well. I think that, I think that was mentioned on the official podcast. Right. Um, the first death was pretty great. And then the second. If, if it's some foreshadowing, then it's interesting. I know that, you know, this was a technique that Joel tried to use with the um, older couple. Yes. Also along the way. So this thing of like, show me where we are on the map and show me where this is, mm -hmm. um, is obviously like a technique that he uses. Yes. Um, so, um, you know, it, maybe it has a relevance in a larger scheme of things, but I guess this shows that like, you know, Joel is, same old Joel. He's going <laughs> to do what needs to be done in order to get uh, to protect who he, who he loves. And I see he's due for this because he was crying a couple episodes ago. He got injured. 
So I, you know, it's it's time for him to get back to the killing machine. That yeah, he's ailing though, love. man. I think yeah. that I think he does the performance pretty good for that. It's not like he just turns completely into like completely recovered, but it yeah. is kind of stretching plausibility that he would be able to do this. But impossible Probably. white man stuff. Exactly yes. on on uh, on adrenaline. Yeah, yeah, Impo- sure. Impossible. I can. What is it? Impossible white presenting man. <laughs> Impossible white presenting man. <laughs> uh, all right. Okay. So uh, this is um, it's probably this is kind of the, the the what I've been waiting for. I have a, a slight issue with it, but I love this. Okay. So we cut to Ellie trying to escape the cage. She sees something that creeps her out. We don't see what it is yet. David brings her in a plate of food and I'm making air quotes. He looks over to what looks like he looks over to what looks like a human ear and it is. He tells her that the plate he brought her is just venison. Sure, buddy. Ellie says, "Wait, you saw an ear? Yeah. (laughs) It's a deer ear. It is an ear. (laughs) But why? Come on. Ellie says, you're going to chop me up in little pieces and David says, I'd rather not. Please just tell me your name. If you want to judge me, Ellie says, judge you? You're eating people, you sick fuck. And she kicks away the tray of food. David says, yes, only a few know. But but he would have told her sooner or later. He says, I guess sooner. Ellie says, you're an animal. We, yes, we all are, David says. That's sort of the point. It was a last resort. You think it doesn't shame me? But what was I supposed to do? Let them starve? These people who put their lives in my hands, who expect me to keep them safe, who love me? Ellie says, yeah, maybe. David says, you don't believe that. I don't think your friend would either. Didn't he take another man's life to save yours? Ellie says, he was defending himself. David says, he was defending you. But you knew that. You see a lot. So do I. You know what I see when I look at you? Me. You remind me of me. You're a natural leader. You're smart, loyal, violent. Ellie says, you don't know anything about me, but I do. If I let you out of that cage right now, you'd put that knife of yours in your hand. You'd stick me in a second. You have a violent heart, and I should know. I've always had a violent heart, and I struggled with it for a long time. But then the world ended, and I was shown the truth. Ellie says, right, by God, no. By cordyceps. What does cordyceps do? It's evil. No, it's fruitful. It multiplies. It feeds and protects its children and it secures its future with violence if it must. It loves. No, it doesn't. Why are you telling me all of this? Because you can handle it the way the others can't. They need God. They need heaven. They need a father. You don't. You're beyond that. And I'm a shepherd surrounded by sheep message and all i want is an equal a friend what about my friend ellie says david says like i said loyal i can tell the others to stop looking for him they're sp- they'll spare him ellie says really she walks closer to him they'll just let him go david says yes if he leaves us in peace they will just let him go they do that what i tell them to do they follow me and they would follow and they would follow us lord knows i could use the help Look what's happened. Think of what we can do together as strong as we are. We'd make this place perfect. We'd grow, spread out, and we'd do whatever we needed to for our people. 
He puts his hands on the bars of the cage. Ellie puts her right hand near his hand. David says, imagine the life we could give them. Imagine the life we could build. He puts his hand on Ellie's hand. Ellie takes his hand and breaks his finger and grabs his keys. They struggle a bit until David David gains control and rams her head against the bar, knocking twice, knocking Ellie back and says, you little cunt. Let's see what I tell the others now. And this is the moment Ellie says, Ellie. What? David says, tell them that Ellie is a little girl who broke your fucking finger. David says, how did you put it? How'd you put it? Tiny little pieces. All right, Veronica, what'd you think of it? (laughs) What I think. Okay. I thought a lot of things, Chris. One thing I thought, okay, this is the moment in the game when you play as Ellie, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, okay, great. Now, okay, the first time you take on this... Well, you also play Sarah in the beginning. Beginning, beginning, right? Who dies. And then you die. And then this one, like, we get to Ellie, and now she's being threatened sexually. You know, her safety is... It's really creepy. She's under, you know, she's caged up, imprisoned by this abusive asshole. Um... Whoa, I thought, whoa, Veronica, whoa, 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 whoa. He's just a shepherd, bro. He's just a shepherd. <laughs> so, you know, I thought that he played a really good villain, Scott Shepard. I thought he did really well in this scene, and so did Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Uh, her putting the pieces together and finally understanding that he's the manipulations and seeing through it. I mean, I think she's seen through it the whole time, like you said. Yeah. But now she's been able to use it against him. So she's able to distract him enough to get the mm-hmm. upper hand. Um, but yeah, I also thought of, you know, Rod's whole thing that he mentions about how televangelists are like basically probably atheists and they're just playing a game to try to, you know, gain power yeah. and privilege. And this is exactly what David's doing. It is a bit like, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, he's not going to kill her. He is going to by the end of the interaction, but it is like a thing, like a cliche of like, well, let me tell you everything that I'm planning (laughs) before I kill you. It's very super villainy. It's very villainy. Yeah. I I thought he was like laying it on a little too thick, but when he got to the part was like cordyceps, I'm like, (laughs) all right, motherfucker. Like, okay, get the fuck out of here. It is something that they've been toying with though a bit, you know, like you see the positive side of it when uh, Riley interprets interprets it as, okay, maybe we could just lose our minds together. And that's kind of sweet. Yeah. But now when you see it interpreted from David, it's, it's really evil and it aligns with kind of. Um, and like the test thing. Yeah. I thought that was creepy. I don't give a fuck what they were trying to say about <laughs> love and all that. It is fucked up. It is weird. They're killing I mean, us. They're going to kill The us. whole show is kind of a cynical, bleak view of love generally with it some is. yeah, with some peaks and moments of like real connection, but it is overall like the the, the TV or the the games kind of mm-hmm. interpretation of love is quite bleak. It's any kind of love anytime you experience that they're going to take it away from you in this game. Yeah. And this and and on this show, like it's anytime there's joy, it's stolen, whether you're gay or straight, black or white or white presenting, it's gonna Child. take it 
it's going to have a child. It's going to take it away from you. I thought this, I didn't, I thought it were landing on a little thick, but I love the Ellie, that shot of Ellie being bloody. That's just like an homage to the cover of part two. Like this is the Ellie that when she becomes capable, when she's becoming like, this is that origin story of the character that you, because she's forever changed by what happened at Silver Lake Resort. Yeah, and that kind of thing I think is a little cliched. You know, in the same is. kind of way of like, okay, you know, this kind of finding herself trapped by an abuser, almost yeah. being raped, uh, and that being motivation to rise like a phoenix from the fire, quite literally, right? We'll talk oh, about yeah. that in a moment. Well, but it's the same kind of thing with like, you know, with um, Joel's motivation, a woman, a girl, his daughter dies. And that becomes the kind of like, yeah, his motivation, his kind of like driving force. And like, and it's like we talked about before. It's not like this, this story has not, it's not a story that's never been told before, right, 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 right. but it's the manner in which it's being told. And it's like, yeah, when you see this girl who she in the game, she's she becomes more capable because there's to, like she had to go in the game. In the game, she had to find the medicine at this abandoned mall. Right. That's and the left bring behind. It, and, 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 and bring it back to Joel. And she was fighting infected. Right. A couple of hordes. And she was had to kill the hunters. Those, those were some of uh, right. his men, too. So. I like how they do it, how like she just falls flat on her face at the beginning of the episode trying to get that rabbit. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like I did say it was a uh, an Easter egg, but like I I love seeing it's something about it's something that attracted me to video games. Like I said, like 10, 10 years ago when that Tomb Raider reboot came out where you start to play L- Laura Croft as a young, a young Laura Croft where she has to feed herself she has to try to find food a guy is trying to kill her possibly rape her mm-hmm. and you're, you're like fuck that i'm gonna i'm gonna beat i'm gonna get you and that's what you want for your hero um yeah no i'm, I'm not it's no i know but i'm just saying like yeah. ellie to me like she surpassed lara yeah. croft to me because the way that like I'm not saying everything she does is right because she's flawed. Yes. And we'll see that more in season two, but I just like seeing her like being able to be capable and protect herself. She's starting to become that. And she is smart, you know, and all this thing of like, you know, it's, it also brings to light that conversation that she had with the captain at the, at Fedra into a more sinister light too. Because it's like he's telling her she's smart and loyal and all those things. Right. And I was thinking about, you know, yeah, he knows that she was traveling with Joel and the kinds of assumptions he might have about their relationship, um, you know, that she could be groomed. He doesn't. I mean, I don't know. It's like he's assuming that maybe this little girl has been abused by Joel. Because you know, he would assuming- do that shit. Because he would do that shit. So, you know, like, and a vulnerable kid that's already been abused is easier to abuse again. Yeah. So, you know, it makes you think about, oh, you know, that Captain Kwong, is he, it, like, saying she's a leader in a way that's 
nefarious or manipulative in this way. I don't think so. It's complicated, but it does put that kind of like spin on paternalistic. And obviously this is like the negative, disgusting, nasty route. Um, But yeah. I don't think like Kwong, so it's the second person to say that she's a leader and blah, blah, blah. And now it's even more important because a white man said that she was a leader. So, because Kwong was Asian. Okay. So, so. But he's also saying that to man- He says that because he manipulates her because it's what she wants. He thinks she wants to hear. Yeah, he thinks he wants to hear. But I, I just don't think Kwong would do it because you see those pictures of those two little girls or yeah, like his family. I yeah. Would, I, mean, I don't think he, I don't think he sees that. Kwong is also racist because he, like Riley is also, <laughs> Riley is capable enough right. to be like make bombs and shit so yeah and yeah. and be able to escape you know fucking right. The QZ, right, QZ right and all that so i mean i like that just doesn't sit well with me and fuck kwang you know <laughs> but yeah i think that um also the other thing it's like th- there's so much in this character that's been developed and it's just this one episode yeah. with david and this thing where he says like i'm followed by sheep and all this thing he yeah destroys their spirit so that they become right. sheep it's he through their them. process that he breaks them and then he's found this person in la that isn't broken and that he wants to break right right and he wants to manipulate and possess as they put it in that podcast but i don't yeah. know it's a pretty good um rendition or depiction it's it teeters on like super villain but then it also shows the complexities of like how grooming would work well it's even more like I thought Nolan North, who played David in the in the game, that's one of the creepiest fucking moments in the game. Like when you we'll get to it, but like the way that he did it was like Ellie, you know, I he was he didn't say as much as as yeah, as this show. David. Yeah. It was just like the way his delivery was just like. I don't know it, it. This does not not sit well with me. You, if you never seen, if you never seen David before, you never played the game or anything. You could watch it like, oh, you're a piece of shit because you slapped the shit out of this girl. You might, you might be. I might look at you askance because you're you got that Bible and you're reading scripture and everything and all those connotations. But I don't know that you're a piece of shit till you slap this little girl. Mm-hmm. that's what i would that's what i would think but yeah you know that's just me um show he's more like blatantly yeah even more super villainy so right. there's a little bit more subtlety in the depiction right. here it's yeah. a little different um okay so let's let's wrap it up let's 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 home stretch uh we cut to joel uh treading through the wind and the snow looking for ellie he sees blood in the snow and he follows it into a building uh, where he sees Ellie's uh, backpack, he grabs it. He sees Callus's dead body, and he shines his light. They're in the boathouse, and he he's in a boathouse, and he shines his light on some dead bodies hanging upside down. Yuck! Uh, we cut back to Ellie in the cage. James and David are coming in to get her. Ellie screams, "No, no, no, no! Get off me!" She's crying. She tells him to wait. And he says, "No, no, no!" And she's yelling, yelling at them, and she says, "I'm infected." And uh, and when she was trying to you know in their struggle she bit uh david on his hand and uh she says i'm infected and so and you are and so are you to david and david has a butcher knife or a cleaver and uh 
he like jams it into the table. Looks like he's going to hit her, but he just like aims it right by her head. Doesn't kill her. And, uh, uh, he pulls up the Ellie's, the sleeve of Ellie's right arm, looks at the bite mark and James is shook. And David is like, no, she would have turned by now. This isn't real. And James says, it looks pretty fucking real to me. And as they're talking, Ellie picks up the cleaver and stabs it into James neck. And she runs away. David pull out, pulls out his gun and starts shooting at her. Uh, Ellie turns, Ellie runs into the kitchen area of the resort and Ted, what is it? Todd's Ted Todd steakhouse. And, uh, what is that in there? That's like a hot poker that's in there. That's like in the, it's like a fire. And she just cuts like a a piece of wood that's on fire that I don't think it's kindling, but you know, like a, a small piece of wood that's in this like wood burning fire in the kitchen. Yeah. So that she takes a little piece of that wood and, uh, she grabs it best shot. One of the best shots of the show so far. Uh, Ellie is is around the corner uh, seeing uh, David come in the room and uh, Ellie stands up and throws the the piece of wood at the at David. David ducks and it lands on a curtain and fire starts to happen. Um, And uh, David starts monologuing again. He says there's no way to get out because all the doors are locked and he has the keys. He starts calling her name and. we cut to Joel out in the snow looking for Ellie. We cut back to David and Ellie. David says, I know you're not infected. No one infected fights this long to stay alive. So how did you do it? What's the secret? Or are you just that fucking special? No one likes being humiliated, Ellie. You don't know how good I am. You don't know what I could have given you. And Ellie grabs a knife from the kitchen. And he says, if you just if you had just let, let me... And then the fire continues to overtake the building, uh, the restaurant, rather. And he says, well, I have news news for you. Neither one of us is dying today. You see, I've changed my mind. I've decided you do need a father. So I'm going to teach you and keep you. Ellie. Ellie creeps up on him and stabs him in the gut. He throws her on the ground. Ellie sees the cleaver under a chair. She crawls towards it. David kicks her in the stomach, gets on top of her. He says, oh, I thought you already knew. The fighting is the part I like the most. Yuck. Don't be afraid. There's no fear in love. Ellie screaming. She manages to grab the cleaver and stabs the shit out of David with it. I counted 21 times. Uh, um, I could be I could be wrong, but she walks out of the burning restaurant. Uh, Joel grabs her from behind i don't don't think he should have did that but ellie's screaming and she's scared and she he hugs her and says it's okay baby girl i got you and i felt like ellie said i got you too i felt like she said it too uh maybe i could be wrong but then Mm -hmm. he he puts his jacket on her and they walk away and uh fade into blackout that's end of the episode Yep. I mean, it becomes pretty broad in that scene, you know, what he's going to, it's flaming around and this is the moment for rape to happen. I mean, I guess it's like, this is war. Rape is used as a terrorist attack, a terrorist yeah, he's a devil. technique. Yeah. 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 Um, I, th- I do know that this blocking of um, it, 
differs from the game in that like uh, in the game, Joel comes and comforts her within within the building, the steakhouse. And I think it makes sense for her to exit. I think that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, this kind of confusion of the father and then like right there, he's right there. I think that that makes a lot more narrative sense and uh, kind of thematic and emotional. This did work for me, but like in the game, Joel does come in there and uh, and they wipe out the sound. And Ellie says he tried to, you know, he she said it a little bit on the show, but like Joel is comforting her, and we as yeah. the audience don't hear it in the game, and it's just as the, the score comes up, it's fucking beautiful, and uh, yeah, I I like both ways. I like both. I like the the adaptation too. I yeah. thought it was still it was really sweet. I think that uh, ugh, the baby girl did get me. God damn it. Uh, Why are you mad I that did. you got emotional? <laughs> yeah. Because it is okay, like a Veronica. Thing. This is a it's, safe space. I know, but it's so like, oh. Um, that mainstream yeah, it's, TV got you, he, and it wasn't like an art house flick that made up. you cry. <laughs> no, it was more, it's not only that, because there will be moments within The Last of Us that'll be okay. It's this, uh, this rape vengeance kind of, she's protected herself and she's. Yeah done it herself and all this kind of like i i guess for me you know what we talked about with the bill and frank one about them feeling self-congratulatory mm-hmm. about like making this kind of choice in narrative I can see that. yeah i feel yeah. that here and so you know and that married with the idea of this is the first gameplay with ellie and then the first time you play as a woman you're going to be threatened with uh, sexual assault yeah yeah it's like it's it's gross but yeah the way that um pedro pascal delivers that line and the way that i just think she's bella ramsey is so perfect in this um yeah i think that these performances are really great and they do what they they can and that they really make the material sing it's Um, like that so it's, yeah. it's kind of like what we've been joking about. I've been joking about like for the first part of this series where the people are more dangerous. And that's <laughs> like when Joel and Ellie are, are uh, driving into Kansas city, you know, that the night before she's like, what is this? It's remote. There's no affected out here, but yeah, but there people could do much would want to do much worse to you. Right. And that's foreshadowing to David, you know, and the whole thing about like people are desperate and mm-hmm. people struggling so hard to stay alive, cordyceps, infected with cordyceps would never do that. Yeah. So like the desperation of humanity, the desperation of people mm-hmm. is like much more terrifying than you could ever imagine. Um, yeah. Cause in the, in the game, it's not the first, like it's not the first time that she's, it's stuff that we don't see, you know, we, we only, we can comment on what we've, been presented with with the show but like in the game it's you know she has fought infected she has like fought other people yeah uh around this time i think i I think it's interesting that we i understand why left behind was placed where it was Mm -hmm. and i don't really don't think there's any other place where you could really put it yeah. And I think the contrast is interesting. I think that your friend on Facebook that like said they were only going to give it one more episode. This <laughs> oh, ain't yeah. it. This is not it. This yeah. is not much um, cordyceps or, you know, monster mm-hmm. action in this episode, like at all. 
right? Yeah, like and it's never no really infected. about and with these games, it's never really about that. It's never really about the the infected. It's more about it's called the last of us. Right, right. You right. know, so it's like the 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 last of humanity with what right. what we consider to be pure human, pure humanity. Yeah, and the infected are like a trope for an environment, you know, like the idea that in the game you'd be able to fight off infected Mm -hmm. with um, David in order to bond and all those things in a quick way to uh, align yourself with the humans and then completely have that undermined with the gameplay in -hmm. the narrative. Um, So, yeah, I thought it was an interesting episode. Uh, You know, the the cold, I'm very impressed by what they did in such mm-hmm. cold conditions. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought that the world it didn't feel like a set, you know, like no. the I liked these um set design the set design a lot more than they maybe all like seem the like first practical couple episodes. Locations. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really well done. The fire was cool. Um, so you know, overall some really interesting moments. I just like the whole thing, the same kind of issue I had with the Sarah narrative, like I have with this mm-hmm. one, but doesn't mean that I don't think that they've done impressive yeah. things with this. Like the fridging and everything. Yeah, that's it's definitely a thing. And I think that's what was um I think that's what what was that was a talk leading up to part two coming out. Like what's gonna be the motivation to you know the the uh marketing for this game where you uh why is ellie mad why is a young adult ellie angry and Hmm. what are the reasons for her doing this Hmm. so yeah it's um it's interesting i i i just think that i don't know my allegiance i don't know we maybe we could talk about that on the on the last next week but like I just think like I'm never gonna like back away from my thoughts on what's gonna happen next week. That what's gonna happen in the in the on the TV show and what would happen in the game. And it's gonna it's hard. Although I understand the 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 side that people may be on opposite me. Um I understand that, but I just think of like the given circumstances that encompass this story yeah well that's what they also needed this episode because it really is like you have ellie and joel traveling along but -hmm. this kind of like that baby girl moment yeah is like really like they are like i understand that relationship a lot more as a viewer now than i did um before right Mm -hmm. and and it's not only that she's like nursed him she saved him you right. know, and he didn't even save her, but he was there to comfort her. Yeah. Um, but she saved him. She in that other moment when she like administers the penicillin and then snuggles up next to him, like that, those kinds of connections, the way that she's like uh you know, craving him to craving his um survival in yeah. left behind, you know, that's really solidified their relationship in a way in the last two episodes mm-hmm. that you kind of have to put in close proximity to the finale that you're describing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it allowed her to be on her own and, and show that she ta- listened to him. Uh, Joel was, uh, what, the, what was I going to say about Joel? 
Joel has come around. He's been awakened after 20 years of being a zombie, if you will. Well, he almost died, right? Yeah. Like he was going to die. Right. Um, yeah. And so like that, that, that's him, him saying baby girl, that's coming around. You see that shot of his watch as he's hugging her and he's come around and he's opened up. He's become what Bill has become, became. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he needs her. He yeah. wouldn't have survived for the penicillin. He wouldn't have had a reason to get up and possible white man presenting, uh, <laughs> kill those three other dudes. Yeah. You know, it just wouldn't have happened without the motivation of protecting LA. So he right. needs that in order to continue. Um, especially now that Tess is gone, especially now that, you know, Tommy's got his own life and yeah. 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 I thought it was a, a good episode. I, I thought it was a great episode. I think, you know, um, I'm excited to see how it turns out on, on uh, next yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I love left behind so much. So feel good. And this is so feel bad. <laughs> of course, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a little, uh, not going to be my favorite, but yeah, it's a very solid episode. We well got the beautiful moment at the end though. The bad yeah, guys got yeah. what they deserve. Sure, sure. Yeah, they did. <laughs> he got hacked up like 21 times. He's probably dead after the second or third hit. Or his flock going to eat him? He's all probably. he's already chopped up and dressed and ready and cooked by the probably. fire. If they can get to him before <laughs> yeah. Todd's Steakhouse burns down. They can bring their little bowls and their little forks and go. They, they're clanking that sh them shits hard, boy. I was like, damn. <laughs> Thought they was playing music for a minute. So gross. Yeah, it was fucked up. <laughs> Hannah's like, yeah. Hannah probably, I don't know. All right. <laughs> okay. Any any other thoughts? Any other anything else you want to discuss before we we uh um walk off into the snowy uh Oh no. Concept. Let's just follow that white rabbit. Let's just follow it. Follow the white rabbit. Which is also like Matrix and just like video game. Lore yeah. forever following the white rabbit, Alice in Wonderland type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you, and we'll talk to you next time for the finale. Take it easy, everybody. <laughs>